Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Shabbos. Have a wonderful day. We'll continue. We left off. We are in the ninth chapter of Avakama, page 105b, the fifth line from the bottom. Dedicate this class our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. May all the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. May all the hostages return home safely. Mm-hmm. So yesterday we learned, Avshesha said that if the Bailey denies that he's watching anything. The moment he denies, even if he doesn't swear falsely to that effect, he becomes a gazelin, a thief, and therefore from that moment on he becomes responsible for anything that happens, even if there's an accident, he's responsible and he has to make the owner whole. Now we learn Maser, as we learn the mission in Tractage Fuas. Usually the Torah says, you take an oath, the oath is to exempt yourself of payment. But the, rab- the rabbis, in certain cases, instituted that the, you should take an oath and collect the oath. One of the examples, one of the cases are, what if the person who you're demanding money from, and he has to swear, biblically he has to swear, let's say he's a partial, partial admission, says you owe me 100, he says I owe you 50, so biblically he has to swear that he doesn't owe 50, but he can swear, why? Because he lost his credibility, he's a liar, he's a politician, we know he lies, he opens his lips, he lies, so it doesn't mean anything. So therefore, so in that case, the rabbi said that let the, in this case, let the, the, the one who's making the demands, let him swear and he'll collect on the 50. You can't swear to exempt yourself, so the other one swears and collects. Okay, said, how is this? When does a person become disqualified and he can no longer swear? We don't believe him. Echot shvuasehidis. If he if he says he doesn't know any testimony, he's summoned to, to give testimony. He says I don't know anything, and then it turns out he does know. He lied. So he swore. He swore to that effect. I don't know anything. I can't testify. I was. I don't know anything. And then then, he, he, then it turns out he does know. He was there. He watched the whole thing. He's under oath. He's he perjured himself. Under oath, perjured himself. Also, shvuasehidis. If he swore. That his friend says, okay, I gave you, I asked you to wash it, thank you so much, please return it to me. And he lies under oath. I, never, I don't know what you're talking about. Either I never got it from you or I gave it back to you already. He's lying. He swore. Under. And then it turns out that he did, uh, he, did he does oh, he does have the item. Even if he swears falsely, if he swears that a man is a woman, a woman is a man, which is all the democratic people today, they would be liars. And halachically, they're perjurers, they're liars. They're not believed. Anything they say from that point on, you can't believe a word they say. Anyone who can say that a man is a woman, or a woman is a man, and let them play in, in men's sports, in women's sports, is, is a liar, is a pathological liar. And everything they say, they have zero credibility. If he says the sun is shining, you know the opposite is true. <laughs> you know? So in other words, he didn't even cause any damage. He's a liar. If you can't, if you don't know that a man is a man, a woman is a woman, you, you, you're an you're innate, inherent liar. You, you, everything you say is a lie. Your whole being is a lie. Your whole existence is a lie. <laughs> Any of these cases, he can't swear. 
Because you have zero credibility. We don't trust the word you say. You'll, you'll, you'll hold the Torah and swear falsely. It means nothing to you. Anyone who can say that, reality means nothing to you. You'll lie with a straight face. It means nothing. So therefore, in that case, let the, 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 plate, the plaintiff, let him go, and he swears and he'll collect. So the question is, and Avshayich says, we miss it. If you're going to say that Bekvido if you're going to say, why does, the, why does the Mishnah say, only if he swore falsely, according to Avshayich, even if he doesn't swear falsely, the fact that he denies it, even not under oath, even if he doesn't perjure himself, just the fact that he denies it, and then it turns out that he does have the item, he is watching it, he never returned it, and he did this, then he's a liar, then he's, he's, the mission should have said that. In that case, we don't believe his oath. He's a goslin, and we don't believe from that point on he's, a, he's an established liar, and we don't believe anything he says, and let the other one swear and collect. So how many the answer in the yeshiva, we're talking about the koibaga. We're talking about the animal is not, not present. The animal is, uh, is in pasture, out, out in pasture. So when he says, I don't have it, it's not like theft. Because his intent is not to steal it. His intent is, I just want to, I don't have it. He's out grazing. I want to be able to return it. I tell him, you know, it's not true. But his intent is, give me a little time, buying some time. Not he's planning to steal it. He's just planning to buy some time. Let me go, so I'll go. I know it's not right for me. I, I'm supposed to watch it, and I hear I left the graze a day away. So I'm going to go, give, buy me some time, I'm going to go and collect it and bring it back to the owner. So he can't establish that, 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 that he's a thief. He can't establish that he's a liar. Maybe his intent is, yeah, he's fibbing. But his intent is... Why? 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 Why the, the intent is that, um, yeah, so therefore, and that, that's why the mission says, but in the case where it's not in, it turns out the animal is not grazing. The animal's in his house, in the barn. And he's lying and he says, I don't, it's not true. And he's an established liar from the moment he lies. He doesn't have to swear even if he doesn't perjure himself. He's already a thief and established liar. I'll prove it to you. At the moment he denies, even not under oath, he becomes a thief and he's totally responsible. What happens? What happens? If someone denies he owes money, he's still a kosher witness. Because we say his intent wasn't to totally deny, his intent was to buy some time. He wants to pay back, but he needs a little time. So he pushes him off for now. So he, but the Picardin, but in the case of Picardin, puzzle In the case of where he's watching. In other words, the witnesses say at the time that he denied that, that he's holding something for him, he said, I never, what are you talking about? I never took anything from you. Come along the witnesses and say, what do you mean? At that time that he said it, it's, it's in his backyard. So he, what do you mean? He, he can't say, well, he was planning to buy time. What do you mean buy time? No, he's planning to steal. He doesn't need any time. It's right here. Return. If his intent is to return, he has it. Return it. No, he's, his plan is to steal it. So in such a case, then the moment he denies it, he becomes a, uh, a thief. He's considered a thief. 
and he's no longer kosher for women. So that, that's exactly, this, this is, supports the opinion of Shemesh. But Ilfa said we were, we were in 106A. Ilfa says that the moment he swears falsely, the moment he says, no, I never watched anything for you, I don't know what you're talking about, it's not true, I don't have your item. The moment he swears, he acquires it and he becomes responsible of anything that happens, even if there's an accident. So we see Shvua the Kanyavakvira Loi Kanya. He says only if he swears falsely. Not the denial alone is not enough, only if it's accompanied by an oath. The mother answers, So I'll tell you, Ilf is also talking about the Kayim Ba'ag. That if the animal is no longer here, so he's trying to buy time, his intent is not to steal. So if he just denies it, then it's not enough. But if he swears falsely, if he swears I don't owe you, then you can't say he's buying time. You what, that's, you're swearing falsely. You're buying time, you deny it. Okay. But to swear falsely, then your intent clearly is to steal. But if, if it's present in his house, and the moment he denies it, obviously his intent is to steal. He might say, we want to answer you. My What does he mean, shvokaina? The moment he swears, he acquires it. He's responsible for all that, for anything that happens. He means to say like Someone demands, you owe me a hundred dollars. He says, no, I don't owe you anything. He says, no, I gave you, I mean, I gave you a hundred dollars to watch for me. And he says, no, he never gave me. And he swears to that effect. And then witnesses come along and say that he indeed, that he is obligated to pay the $100, but he doesn't have to return it. Why? Shanamar says, Yes, when we thought he means kind of, that he acquires means he's liable for all responsibility. So the answer is no, not really well because he didn't. He didn't. Um, he's not talking about that. He's talking about something else that he acquires it. That once he he swears a biblically mandated oath. Mm-hmm. Then we believe him. The owner accepted his oath, and we believe him. And then, if, even if the witnesses come and testify against him, he's exempt already. It's like it's like it's like there's no there's no double double jeopardy. Once once he he swore, we accepted his oath. That's it. That's it. Witnesses can't come later and say, "Well, he's lying. It's not true." That's what he means. Where do we know this? It says in the passage, that if the owner accept, took his oath, so he doesn't have to pay anymore. Even if witnesses come later, even if the witnesses come later, that's once the owner takes the oath and accepts the oath, that's it. We don't retry the case. Case closed. Period. End of story. And that's what he means. That's why only if he took a note. That's what we're talking about. He acquires it that he no longer has to pay, no matter what.
Shavuah Kainah. That's what Shavuah means. That's what he means, Kainah. Not Kainah that he has responsible, he has to pay. If he swears falsely. No. If he swears a biblical man, then Shavuah Kainah. He acquires it, he's done. It's case closed. Okay, now the Gemara goes back to the statement. Makes sense what Rav was talking about a case of Milva, of a loan. Let's on it. Milva, because the loan is gone, the money is gone. I give the moment I give you the money, it's no longer my money. You're not returning the same money, you're returning the value of the money. The money is meant to be spent. Therefore, once you swear, so the moment you swear that you're exempt from paying, so then you don't have to pay. So then you're exempt, you're done. Case closed. If he's denying, if he swore that he doesn't, he's not holding something for someone, he's not watching something for someone, and then witnesses come and say he is watching, so that thing was, is present. It's intact. It's present. So he can't say he gets to keep it. Whoever it is, it's in the possession of the owner. I'm just watching it. But who does it belong to? The owner. So it's still present. It's intact. He can't say, oh, I swore. Witnesses come and say he still has it. No, it doesn't matter. He gets to keep it. Oh, doesn't make sense. Okay, then he says, and I swear, the truth is, I'm a rabbi, fill it with because. The truth is, the rabbi says, even, even because. The is talking about because. The whole proof from the Pasuk, there should, should be an oath. He's talking about a shamer, a bailey. And the Taylor is teaching me, the owner takes the oath, he accepts the oath, case closed. Nachman, Nachman was sitting in the middle and he was repeating this whole discussion. If the owner says to the Bailey, doing him a favor and watching him, where, where is my, please return it to me. I'm a lay, oh, but I got lost. And I'm exempt, right? He didn't take responsibility. I was doing you a favor. So the owner says, Mashpiyah Hanisa, swear that it was lost. That's that law. The Taylor says, one of the three biblically mandated oaths. Swear to me that it was lost. He says, I accept. And then, the witnesses come and testify, it wasn't lost. He ate it, he had a good meal. He had a good supper. Mishalim is haket. He has to pay the principal. If he doesn't. He's exempt. He doesn't have to bring a guilt offering. He doesn't have to pay the twenty percent on top or the twenty-five percent of the principal. But because he didn't come clean, it was the witnesses who testified that he that he swore falsely. But if he comes clean, if he confesses that he swore falsely, that he actually stole it. Then he has to pay the principal. On top of it, 25% of the principal, when you add it, becomes 20%. And the ashram and the guilt offering. So what do we see? We see that even though he swore, once the witnesses come, he has to return it. 
Not like Rav. Rav says, case closed. Once he swears, case closed. No, he doesn't say that. Case is not closed. He swore falsely. Then witnesses come and say, what do you mean? It's in his backyard. What, 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 what are you hacking? No, he ate it already. He's lying. He don't say case closed and he has to pay. Only question is, does he also have to pay the 20% on top? Does he have to bring a sacrifice, a guilt of? It's the only question. Then it depends. If he confessed, he came clean on his own or the witnesses. But either way, he has to pay back the principal. So this contradicts Rav, and this is a case of Pekodin. You're saying that Rav said a statement, even the case of Pekodin, even the case where he's watching something, not only the case of a loan. He didn't swear in the court. He swore, he swore outside the court. So it's only when he swears in court, then we can say case closed. Swore outside the court, that doesn't count. It does count that if he comes clean, he has to pay the penalty and the but regarding this halach, the case closed, it's only if he swears in the court. If that's the case, look at the end of that mission. It says over there, if he says, Where return to me my hide, that object that you're watching for me, and he claims it was stolen, swear to me that it was stolen. The title obligates you to swear. Yeah, you don't have to pay if it was stolen, but you have to swear that, that it was stolen. Well, but he says, Amen, yeah, I accept, I accept the oath. He himself stole it, he has to pay double. He's a godless. Taita says, not only does he have to pay back the owner, the principal, he has to pay double. If he comes clean, he doesn't have to pay the penalty of Kev. But he has to pay. He has to pay for swearing falsely. And he himself had it. He got it in a permissible way. The guy gave it him to watch. And then he swears falsely and he tries to steal it from the owner. So he has to pay the principal, 20% on top, and the guilty. So what's the question? <laughs> when do you have the penalty of Kefal? Only if you swore in court. Falsely in court. So obviously we're talking about a case where he was in the court. So if the end of the mission is talking about he was in the court, the opening of the mission, also we're talking about a case where he said it was lost and he swore to it in court. And nevertheless, he says, if witnesses come, he has to pay. You don't say, well, he swore already. Case closed. No, case is not closed. And over here also, case closed. Why does he have to pay? He shouldn't even have to pay the principal. In the case, Rav is surely not talking about a case in the second part of the mission. He's talking about that he claims it was law stolen, we stole it. Then he paid this as clearly that he has to pay. He has to pay Kefu. So he can't say, well, he shouldn't even pay the principal. Rav is talking about it not in this particular case. He never claimed, he never swore that it was stolen. This case, the Taylor obligates him to pay. He swears falsely, and then the witnesses come, and Taylor says, you have to pay double. 
But Rabbah says, stating the case, for example, in the case where he claims it was lost. But since the end of the Mishnah is talking about where he swore in the court, so the beginning of the Mishnah is probably is consistent. It's talking about the same scenario. He swore in court that it was lost. And we don't say case closed. And witnesses come and say that he ate it. Then he has to pay the principal. He might answer. I'm a little. I'm not going to answer to him. I could answer you. Who says it has to be consistent? Each case is talking about its own, its own circumstance. The end of the mission, you're right, is talking about he swore in the court. But the first beginning of the mission is talking about he swore outside the court. I don't want to give you a doichek teres. Teres, it's not the comfortable, it's tight. You know, something is tight, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable answer. It doesn't fit right. It doesn't sit well. It's forced. It's a forced answer. He goes, you know, come on. The mission should have spelled it out. You know. So really, I'll answer you like this. You're right. You're 100% right. Since the end of the Mishnah is talking about it, he swore in the court. Beginning of the Mishnah is also he swore in the court. But nevertheless, like Kasha, it's not a contradiction to Rab's din. In other words, in the Mishnah, is talking about a case where he volunteered to swear. Not the court forced him to swear. He immediately jumps and he swears. He demands him. He said, I swear I don't. I swear I was lost. Did I ask you yet to swear? Did you force him to swear? You jump. So in this case, we don't say case closed. When does Rav say case closed? Shloikov. The court forces him to swear. If the court forces you to swear, then that oath, with that oath, you acquire the object. The case closed, and if you have it, you get to keep it. Some little is not is not letting go. Mehdi, let's see. You don't hold like that. According to you, even if the uh, watcher swears. He does not, he does not acquire the object. He heard from his teachings. He's a student of Amnachman. He says, I know that you don't agree with Rab. So if that's the case, Why are you trying so hard to try to justify Rab? You disagree with Rab. So why don't you agree with me that this mission that disproves it? I'm trying to explain the mission according to Rab. The Rab would answer you this way. The rabbis were honest. The rabbis were saying, and all I'm saying from this mission, he can't prove anything. Rab can very well answer this mission. You know, it's not that I got you, you see, and I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to twist anything to support my opinion. We're being brutally honest, including with myself. I have to be honest. With this mission, he can't prove anything. I would like to say that this Mishnah proves that I'm right and Rav is wrong, but the, the truth is he can't say that, because Rav could very well answer, like I told you. Was, there, there, was, there was truth seekers. They weren't trying to prove my point, the political point. It's not politics, to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. They're trying to get to the truth. 
So I'm, as a truth seeker, I have to tell you, I have to look, think of this mission, how Rabbi would think of this mission. And Rabbi could answer you, I'm sorry, this mission doesn't prove it. An amazing, uh, amazing approach, how the rabbis it was so genuine and honest, and the whole learning of Torah is that way. To get to the truth, it's not to prove a point, or my point, or my position. There's no my position. There's only one position, the truth. What does Hashem want? What's the truth? So they, they examined everything, taking it, looking at it from the other person's perspective. Let me, hard to do, right. Put yourself in someone else's shoes and argue the case in their case. By the way, in every, every argument is the best thing. You want to defuse an argument? A husband, a wife, or anyone? Each one should take the other side and, and argue it well. And you know, and suddenly they'll start. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Maybe there is another point of view. It's not so simple. It diffuses a lot of tension and anger and uh, politics. And, yeah. Okay. But Av has a pasuk. How could Av Nachman argue with the pasuk? Hamri, the answer in Yeshiva. The pasuk is the chol nishpoint shabatayr nishboyin lemeshamuda. Tayr is coming to say that you swear and then you're exempt from payment. That the Torah is telling me that you only swear in a case to exempt yourself of pain. The loka, that's the mean. The loka ba'olav ala yishalim. That nisha olav l'shalim hu nishba. That who swears? Only someone who's swearing to exempt himself from payment. But there's no biblical oath where you swear and you collect. It's only rabbinic. So the loka ba'olav ala yishalim. He has to accept this oath. All he gets from the, the, the defendant is an oath. That's all he takes, not getting a dime. And, he, and, the, 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 and the, all he's, the claimant is getting from the defendant is an oath. And the defendant is exempt from faith. We learned the Mishnah Shavu is that he, uh, they leave who denied. And he says, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have your, I, either I never took it from you or I gave it back to you, whatever, I don't have it. He should be a love of apartment and the owner makes him swear five times. Every time he denies that he doesn't have it. Doesn't matter if he, he, if he makes him swear in front of court, not in front of court. The cover and five times he swears and he denies. I don't. I don't have your item. And then he comes clean. He confesses that he lied. He swore falsely. He does have. He has to pay the chaymish and the arsham, the guilt offering. He has to pay five guilt offerings and five times five times the penalty of the chaymish. You know, of course, only one principle. Why? Why does he have to pay for each denial? Because sins after each denial, after each oath, he could he could come clean. He could confess. Instead, he swore falsely. Is after the first denial, so he doesn't know anything. He swore he doesn't know. So, so second denial is not denying anything financial. There's nothing to pay. You already denied the first time. 
But since in between he could have confessed and then he would have to pay, instead he swears falsely, so he is denying money. He is denying something of value. So what do we see from here? That even after he swears once, you don't say he doesn't pay anymore. He swore and that's it. Case closed. We see that even after he swears, there's still money. And over here, you can't answer the two answers that you gave earlier. Oh, over here, coffee, some other. You can say, hey, well, talking about a case where he jumped and swore on his own before the court obligated him to swear. In such a case, we don't say case closed. So therefore, there's still money, there's still money, you still have to pay money. So when he swears a second time, he's like denying money. He can't say that. Because over here, it says he should be Allah he was forced to swear. He doesn't say he swore on his own. No. He administered an oath. And also, you can't say, he can't answer, well, he swore out of court. When do you say case closed once he swears in court? It's only in court. You can't say that because it says clearly in the Mishnah, he says either out of court or in or in front of the court. So how do you answer? So Rabbi Nunu asked this question, he came up with the answer. He says the Mishnah is Dodington. He's not talking about one. He's talking about, he says, he says it like this. If he should be Allah, if he was administered an oath, he was forced to swear. The court forced him to swear. And he swore Chutz But then he swears outside of the court. Or. Then he swears in the court, but kafats in a case where he only volunteered on his own to swear. So in all these cases, he has to pay five times five penalties for each oath. Because if he would have admitted, he would have confessed, he would have to pay. He's not off. He's not scot-free. He's not off. Look. So therefore, every time he swears, instead of confessing, the second time, instead of confessing, he swore, he exempts himself, and he should have confessed. We asked you, he asked him again, don't you owe me? Don't you have to give me back to me? So he has two options, either confess, and then he would have to pay, because he jumped and he volunteered to, to swear on his own, in front of the court. Or even if the case where the court obligated him to swear, but he swore outside the court. So in all these cases, case is not closed. So he had the option, he could have confessed and he would have to pay. Instead, he swore again falsely that he doesn't know. Okay, another penalty. And then the third time again, another penalty. All of these cases. But indeed, if the court would force him to swear and he swear in front of the court, then Rav is right, it would be case closed. And then even if he swore falsely, it doesn't matter, because even if he would have confessed, it would have been case closed. He wouldn't pay anything. So there's no penalty. The Gemara says, Masi, the Gemara doesn't let this go. Masi, we don't have to ask the Nah. The, owner, the watcher, the Bailey, says, claims the owner comes to collect the item that the Bailey is watching. He says it was, it was stolen. And he swears. And then he admits that he confesses he lied, he swore falsely. And also, Bo Aiden. 
and then witnesses come and also testify that he that he he stole the 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 item. So it depends. If he admits before the witnesses come, he comes clean, he confesses. Then he's, I have to pay the principal plus the penalty, twenty percent plus the guilt. But if he confesses after the witnesses come. Then Mashalam Tashumi gave him. He has to pay the double payment, the penalty of double payment, because the witnesses came before he confessed. He has to pay the owner twice double. And Ashram, but because he confessed, he has to pay the guilt offering. He has to bring the guilt offering, but he's exempt from the penalty, the twenty percent on top. Because it's, when do you pay the twenty percent? Only if you only became obligated to pay because of your confession. Mm-hmm. You, you denied it, you swore, and, you, and we send you home. Case closed. But then you come along and you confess. So you obligate yourself to pay the principal. You obligate the principal. He says, on top of it, you also have to pay the 20%. Here, he never obligated himself to pay the principal. The witnesses came and testified. He has to pay the principal. And, and we, we throw a penalty, he has to pay double. So there's no penalty on top of it of, of, of 20%. But you came, you confess, you have to bring a guilt offer. So we hear, Hoch over here, oh, Hoch over here. Chutz lebezim to kafas lemalah. You can't say that it was outside the court or that he volunteered to swear before he was forced to swear. Lemalah Why? Because kefuk tani. When are you obligated to pay double? Only in a case where the court forces you to pay, forces you to, to, to swear, and you're in front of the court. And nevertheless, the Tater says that even though he swore, you don't say case closed. Then witnesses come. Witnesses come after he swore. He has to pay. And if he confesses, he has to pay. Why? Case closed. Elamad Abed of explains Kol Hoide Lishno, maintain tennis under the Lishno, Tendan's Gam. In a case where he confessed that he swore falsely, it doesn't matter whether he claimed that it was lost. The owner comes and please give me back the item that you're watching for me, and he says it was lost. And he swears that it was lost. Well, if he says it was stolen, Tendan's Gam. In this case, Rab. Rab didn't say the case closed. Even though the court, the court administered an oath, we forced him to swear. Says the Titus says clearly. Titus says clearly. He confesses. He has to pay. Not only the principal. He comes clean. He confesses. He has to pay the principal. On top of it, he has to pay the twenty percent. The boy The Titus says that we don't say case closed. Clearly in the Torah. The end of the end. Of, and also, if he claims it was stolen, and then witnesses, he doesn't confess, but witnesses come and testify that he's lying. Rav also didn't say that we don't obligate him to pay, his case closed. 
The Aksiba says clearly in the Torah, Tashlomi Kevul. The Torah says that if the Bailey steals it himself, he swears falsely and he steals it himself, turns out that he himself stole it. Taylor says he has to pay double. So we don't say case closed. It says clearly in the Taylor. So Kikam, so what, where, what case is Rav yet talking about? When does Rav say the case closed? Kigoyin, for example, the case where he claims it was lost. And he swears that it was lost. And he swears in the court, and we forced him to swear, and he swears it was lost. The Lehoide didn't confess, didn't come clean. And then the Boaidim witnesses come and say that it was lost, that, that he lost, that it was lost, that it wasn't lost, that he ate it. He had a nice dinner. Then the Torah says, that's what Rab says, that's what the Pastor says, case closed. Since he swore, that's it, case closed, and he gets to keep the. Uh, the item that he was watching. He doesn't have to return. Answers Rav Amnuna's question. Because, uh, because in a case where he confesses, we Taita said, whenever you confess, you don't say case closed. So it doesn't matter. Even if he swore in the court, he doesn't have to say, he's talking about the, the court forced him, but he swore outside the court. No. The court forced him, he swore in the court. But the Taita says, he confesses, even if he, when he confesses, he comes clean on his own. He has to pay the principal. We don't say case closed. Because it's it's part of his atonement, but if in a case and a case where he stole the Torah says clearly that he has to pay double. Not only the principal, he has to pay double. We don't say case closed. In the case where he did not confess and he claimed it was lost, and then witnesses come and claim it's not true, he stole it. Then we say case closed. went and he taught this whole discussion. He mentioned the foot of Ash. Explaining what Rav said, what, what Rav said. He explained what, what he explained. He, he gave over what Rav, uh, Rav's explanation. We just learned. If Rav who was the student of Rav, and he knew that Rav said, even in the case of Hoyde, even if he admits, and that's what Moisiv he asked from the Mishnah. Who would know better? Rav never met Rav. He was two generations, three generations apart. Rav was, was, a, was like a Tana. He was like a student of Rebbe. Then you had Abhunna, then you had Rabbah, then you had Abayan Rav. He never met him. He's telling me what, what the Rav said. Rav Amnun, who asked in the Mishnah, was, he was a student of the Rav. He knew exactly what Rav said. And that's why he asked from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says he admitted, and then we don't say case closed. So he's, apparently he knew. He heard from Rav himself. And Rav was saying, even the case where he, he admits, confesses, and comes clean. Once he swears, Taita says, case closed. That's what he asked from the Mishnah. That's why he had to twist it. The Mishnah is talking about he, he was forced to swear, but he swore outside the court, or he was in the court, and he jumped and swore on his own. But in a case where if he was forced to swear in front of the court, he would say case closed. It doesn't have First, we have to understand that there's no difference between Moshe. You don't understand. Not that he agree, disagrees with Rav. No, he heard from Rav himself. And Rav is 100% right. As he proves. From the Psukim. 
In the case of confession, we don't say case closed. What was this question from the Mishnah Shavuos? This is his question. We continue on side B. 106 If you're going to say that since he swore false, he also waited. When witnesses come and testify that he has the object, he has to pay. Not like Rabu says that if he doesn't confess and witnesses come, that's why he has to swear for the second oath. Because he could have confessed and become obligated. Words, he had two options. He could. They asked him again. He asked him again. Do you, you have my item? He could have come clean, and then he would have to pay, right? Rab says if he confesses, he always pays. Doesn't matter what his argument. Instead, he swore again falsely. So his his oath exempted himself from paying. So therefore, he has to pay. He has to pay again. If you're going to say that if witnesses would come, let's say witnesses, he swore that he doesn't. If he swore the first time, it never happened. He doesn't know. And then witnesses would come and say that he does. And we would obligate him to pay. So then, so there's money on the table. So when he swears again, we obligate him to pay. But if you're going to say that if witnesses come, case closed, and he doesn't have to pay, and you only want to charge him because he had an option to confess. If he would have confessed, he would pay. That's clear. Rav established that. It's in the Pasuk. Rav is not arguing with it. But that's not enough to make him pay for each oath, another guilt offering, another another penalty. He says, oh, if you would have said that if a witness has come and testified, we don't say case closed, that's why I'm telling Therefore, we say, so there's money on the table, and he swears again falsely, another guilt offering, another penalty. And instead of admitting he swears falsely, so he denies money. If you're going to say, like Rab said, witnesses come, you're exempt. Because once you swore in the court, case closed. So you're going to say that even if witnesses come and testify, case closed, you don't have to pay. Even though witnesses say he swore falsely. We should obligate him. Carbon just because he swore again, another sacrifice, another penalty. Why? Because he could he could come clean, he could admit, he has an option, he could say confess, and then he would have to pay. But now he doesn't admit, he's denying. So there's no money on the table. He's not denying. He's he's denying, he's not confessing. He claims there's nothing here. So there's no money on the table. I already denied. How many times should I deny it? The same thing over and over and over again. You're obligating me five times? Five, five, five sacrifices? Why? I denied it the first time. And, and witnesses, according to you, even if witnesses came and said that I lied, I wouldn't have to pay anything. So there's no money here. There's no money on the table. Why should I obligate me in five sacrifices? Five penalties. That was his question. Not because he, Rabbi Nunna 
didn't hear Rav. He heard Rav correctly, and Rav is a Rav is one hundred percent right, and he proved it decisively. Can't be that Rav said Rav said anything else. Rav is not talking about a case where he comes clean and he confesses. Then you don't say case closed. It obligates him to pay in all circumstances. It doesn't matter what the argument was. The only scenario is a case where he says it was lost, and the witnesses come and say no, he ate it. Then we say case closed. Even in that, Rabbi Nuna asked the question of the Mishnah Shavuos. That's what he answered. We're talking about a case where witnesses could come. He would have to pay. Because either he swore outside the court, or even if he swore in front of the court, but he wasn't compelled to swear. He just jumped and swore in his own. Okay, now we finish this discussion. If someone claims, the Bailey claims that it was stolen. And then it turns out, witnesses come and say that he himself, he is the thief. Yeah, it was stolen, but by him. By the Bashoimah, the watcher, the Bailey, he has to pay double. That's clearly in the third. What if Tabachum Bacha? Then after he kept it to himself and he denied, uh, swore falsely that he doesn't have it, he goes and slaughters it and sells it. He has to pay four and five, even though the title doesn't spell it out. And also, we compare the two, just like a regular gun. He steals. He has to pay double. And also, the shaman, the Bailey, who keeps it to himself, has to pay double. So, my Gandhi, from thief who had no permission to take it in the first place. And he steals it. He has to pay, and then he goes ahead and sells it and slaughters it. And top of it, it's not enough to pay double. He has to pay four sheep or four, five oxen. So two, af. Where he got it with permission, he gave it to him to watch. But then he decided to steal it, and the tater says he has to pay double. So cable. So same case, same laws apply. Then he goes ahead and slaughters and sells it. He has to pay the owner four sheep and five oxen. You might ask, wait a minute, how could you compare? A thief doesn't have to swear in order to become obligated to pay double. Witnesses come and say that he stole it. He has to, even if he never swore otherwise, he has to pay double. But in the case of but the case of Pekadin, when does he have to pay double? Only if he swore, if he denies that he has it, but he didn't swear, he doesn't pay double. Only when he swears in the court that he. So how could he compare? So maybe in this case, you see this case is different. It's not apples to apples. So therefore, maybe the whole. Since the Torah doesn't mention it, the whole law of Tzvicha Mechira, if he then goes and slaughters it and sells it, that he has to pay four or five times, it doesn't apply in this case. So how many the answer in the Yeshiva, Keshu, it's a Hekish. Since the Torah brings the two together, one consecutively, one after the other, Keshu means it's like a... It's, it's like Exeter Shava. It means it's the same power of Exeter Shava. I mean, you learn, you learn from each other. You can't, you can't argue logically. The Torah is placing us together to learn one from the other. So don't bring many logical arguments. Well, it's like Exeter Shava, you can't argue. It's, the Torah says it's a code word. The same law applies here. Applies here. The Torah is teaching me clearly. And there you could say also there he has to swear because he got it with permission. It's not like a Ganif. You gave it to me. I had permission to have it. 
and I decided to keep it. So it's only when you swear. You know, may, maybe it's not even. It's not even like we learned earlier. If it's not in my property, if he just denies it, maybe because it's grazing somewhere, I have to find it. I don't know where it is. Let me get it then. So I'm just delaying. It's a delaying tactic. I'm not planning to steal it. But if you swear, then it's okay. And now you're planning to steal. You would never swear falsely. You must have heard. It's all good. That the two are juxtap- juxtaposed to each other, right next to each other. Where he says one pasik, there's two pasukim. And she says one pasik is talking about the ganif, a regular ganif. And Machad and one pasik is talking about someone who's not a regular ganif. He, he gave it to him to watch and then he claims that it was stolen. He is the ganif. Chop it and the two pasukim are one next to each other. According to the opinion that says the high both we learned earlier in the Gemara. Both according to the opinion says both are talking about the Bailey who claims that it was stolen and it's not true. Michael Maymar said I don't have these two psukim of a regular ganav and uh, the Bailey who plans who decides to steal it. So how do I learn one from the others? How many they answered? We learn it out according to this opinion. Ganav hagan. It says in Yimotzi Gan. Why does they just add the hey Hagan? Teach me that he's like Hagan. He's like the Gan. The famous Gan that, that we already discussed. The regular Gan. He's the same Allah as a regular Gan. So if, it's, if he slaughters and he sells it. He has to pay four and five times. Hey, so the says, we've learned. Rabbi Yechanan, who said this halach, you have to pay four and five times the beli. We learn the price. If he says, Hey, the owner says, Where's my axe? I asked you to watch for me. He says, Nigna was stolen. You have to swear. You have to swear. I don't just take your word for it. Yeah, I accept. Yeah, I accept. I affirm. And then witnesses come and testify that he ate it. He had a nice, a nice barbecue. He stole it. He has to pay double. Over here, What do you mean? How did he eat it? The witnesses come and say he ate it. What does it mean he ate it? It means he slaughtered it. And the mission of the bride says he only has to pay double. According to you, he's like a regular thief. If he slaughters it, he has to pay four and five times. You see clearly that no, that four or five times the Torah is speaking about a regular ganav, not this ganav. This ganav is only double. Even if he sells and and and, and, and uh, slaughters it, he only pays double, not four and five. No, he 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 was. Not only is he a thief. Not only is he a thief, he's a rasha. He eats not kosher food. When he's not kosher, kosher food, it wasn't slaughtered properly. When do you have the obligation of four and five? It's only if you slaughter it properly. The witnesses came and say he's a ganav, and he doesn't care about the Yiddish guy. He doesn't care what the tater, what Hashem says. And he ate it in the bed. He must have originally. He could have answered a better answer. Chocolate today. Why does he say he ate it today? No, he did slaughter it properly. It's not in the veil. But it turns out that the animal is defective. They checked the lungs. It turns out that it's defective and it's not a kosher. 
And therefore, again, it's not a good shkita. Because he holds like a meyad. I'm a shkita, she ain't a ruyish shkita. He can't answer that. Because even a shkita that's not a proper shkita, that doesn't help you, doesn't enable you to eat the food, it's still, the shkita was kosher. It's a good shkita. So you would have to pay the penalty of four and five. Even though it turns out to be trefa, according to Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Echen holds like that, that's why he answers, he ate it when he was in the veil. Originally, he could have answered with Ben Pekua. He could have answered, it's an animal that doesn't need a shkita. If you slaughter the animal and then you open up the womb and you find the, uh, 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 the animal, the child is in the anim, animal, the mother, he doesn't require any shkita. I can eat it without shkita. So there's no chiv of four and five. He didn't slaughter it. Mm-hmm. He ate the animal, he ate, he ate the child. He ate the child. One second, but if he slaughtered trusted for the Ben Pekua, he wasn't entrusted, he wasn't entrusted for the mother. He's not watching the mother, he's watching the Ben Pekua. And then they slaughtered the animal and they found the Ben Pekua. No, he was entrusted with the Ben Pekua. This animal that he has to watch happened to be a Ben Pekur. Ben Pekur is the owner of the animal slaughtered the mother and found in its womb, cut open the womb, there was a, a, a child pregnant. And the child was whole, was good. This animal that now grew up, it's a huge animal now, it grew up and he gave it to the, uh, to the watcher to watch him. But this animal doesn't need shchita, so there's no shchita. He just, he just chopped his head off and ate it. So what answers? He holds like a maid on the court on shchita. He says no. Then the maid holds it doesn't need shchita. So if he ate it, how can he eat it? As he said, it's in the veil. Additionally, he could have answered Shomer Bedin. After the the Bailey claimed that it was stolen, <coughs> and he swore. And then witnesses come and testify that he stole the Vamala Tantala and the court says, Okay, the verdict was go, go, pay it. And then he slaughtered it and he ate it, then he doesn't have to pay anymore. My time why? Because keeping the Paschal and Milsa. Since already it was decided in the court, they already said you're a Ghanif, it was already established you're a Ghanif. So therefore, that case is closed. That case is finished. If later on he goes and slaughters and he sells it, now he's a, a gazela. Oh, it's like it's brazen, it's open robbery. You're going and we just told you to return it. Go give him back the animal. Instead, you go and you sell it. So you're a gazlan. You're not a thief. The gazlan, a robber doesn't pay, only a thief. But if the court just says, he didn't say go and give it. He just says, the law states that you're, you're, you, you have to give it. Then my time away. Was called until they until they render the verdict and tell him you have to return this animal. He's still a ganav. He's still a continuation of the original theft. And then if he goes and slaughters it, then the animal. So why doesn't the animal? He could have answered. That it's talking about a case. The reason why the brayzer says that even though he slaughtered it and it was a kosher shkit. And it was a good, proper shkita. The only reason he only has to pay kefil, and not this, because the court already told him you have to pay kefil. And he told him, go pay it. 
<coughs> then even if he goes and slaughters it, he doesn't have to pay the, the answer. The time according to you. Why doesn't he answer? Two people stole it, the partners in crime. And one of them went and slaughtered it without knowledge of his part. Then you don't have to pay four and five. Remember we learned, you have to slaughter the whole thing. You have to own the whole thing. Ella, he couldn't have answered that. It wasn't he had a few answers. He gave one. He couldn't have taken answer. He could have given different answers to explain the price. He just, he just chose one. <laughs> if you find a lost object and the owner says, please give me the object that you found, you have to watch it. You have to watch it for me and give it to me, return it to me. And then he claims, he swears that it was stolen from him. The finder claims that it was stolen from him. And then witnesses come and say, he stole it. <laughs> he kept it to himself. He has to pay double. My time was the reason. It says in the passage, It says about the shaman and anything that's lost, it says, they will say. So, meaning, even in the case of a lost, he, he, if he swears falsely, he has to pay double. He says, A person will give to his friend money or, or, or utensils to watch. So it's ish. We learn in the Scotland Club. A minor gives you to watch, it means not. minor claims, I gave it to you, and then he swears falsely, there's, there's no penalty of kefal, only if an adult. Dang, the I would think only we're talking about when he gave it to him, he claims he was a minor, and now when he's demanding of him, he's also a minor. But not so true. But what if he now he's an adult? He says, I gave it to you when I was a minor, but now an adult. He says, and then he swears falsely. Maybe in that case, you should pay the double minine. How do we know you don't pay double? I'm like, it says, Adalakim, you have a so the end of the parish, the beginning of the parish, going to court and giving them, they, they compare the two. Just like he gave it to him when he's a minor exempt, so too when he, when he comes to court. <laughs> so just like when he comes to court, he has to be an adult. When comes to minor comes to court, we don't even pay attention. Can't bring a court case. A minor can't bring a court case. So in the beginning, when he says he gave it to him, means also he gave it to him as an adult. But if he gives it to him as a minor, even though now he's an adult, there's no penalty, there's no double penalty. So what do we see from here? Vimis, if you're going to say, but Rabbi Echen is correct, <clears throat> that even... If you're watching something that's lost and he swears falsely and it turns out he stole it, you have to pay double. It should be like a lost uh, lost object. If, if, if a minor gave it to you, why is it any worse than if you found it in the street? Mm-hmm. No one gave it to you either. Talking about the Bryce who says that if there's a minor, you don't have to swear, you don't have to pay double, you don't have to pay double. He's talking about when the witnesses come and say, and he ate it, he stole it, and he consumed it when, when he was still a minor. So there was no one, no one to demand it from him. But in the case of a lost object, the moment you pick it up, the owner is present, he's here, he can demand you, return to me the lost object.
asked and this answer but you're going to say but if he ate it when, when the, already the minor turns into an adult he does have to pay so that's the case why does he say but they have to be he has to be an adult both when he gave it to him and both when he comes to um, when he gave it to him he should have said no even if he was a minor when he gave it to him but if he ate it he has to eat it he has to consume it when when he's when and the demand and the consumption has to be when he's when he's an adult. So I'm a lady. He answered to me. You're right. Change amend the price and learn and learn it that way. Another he gives another answer. You're asking why don't we compare the, the lost object to like like a minor? You can't compare. There's an adult behind it. He just doesn't know that he lost it. Who found it yet? But 